Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day, this is Your Golf Show, the podcast. Andrew Dado is my name. I'm a professional golfing enthusiast who's a bit jolly today. Not because I'm alone, and I'm not. It's just that Gowie's not with me and J-Rod is out there J-Rodding. But I do have a special guest, and it is the 2006 winner of the US Open, amongst other things, and that is Jeff Ogilvie. I'm sure we'll get to Winged Foot and Bryson DeChambeau and maybe even what he did with his spare mattress over COVID, but for the last little while, Jeff has turned his hand to golf course design, working within the group of OCM. That's Ogilvy, Cocking and Mead, doing some outstanding golf course design and redesign. Now, one of those redesigns is Lonsdale Links on the Bellarine Peninsula of Melbourne. It's the other side of the bay to the Mornington Peninsula, home to what is possibly Australia's best golfing complex. That's the National. Now, as younger men, we used to play Point Lonsdale. Uh, it was always fun, often difficult, not necessarily in fantastically brilliant shape, but as a holiday course, it served both its members and its guests very well. Times change as the courses. And Point Lonsdale Golf Club has sold off some land for housing, purchased new land for golf coursing, and changed the name to Lonsdale Links. Whilst I haven't played it, I have had a couple of sticky beaks, and it does look beautiful. A new reason to visit an old haunt that's exactly nothing like it used to be. One of the features is some very square edges on some of the greens, but it's a lot more than that. It's a new course, a new clubhouse, and a new reason to visit the Bellarine. So this is a very special edition of the podcast. More than a travelogue, it's a bit of a trip down memory lane. And I was lucky to get some time with... Jeff Ogilvie. Now, we did do it over Zoom, so as you'd expect, there are some... Well, look, there's a few, you know, industrial quirks, some digital bloopers, um, and the sounds... It, look, it's a, look, let's be fair income. 
it's just great to get some time with one of Australia's greatest ever golfers, that is Jeff Ogilvy. I do want to start with this travel idea and and Lonsdale because you're doing things there that um, I certainly haven't seen and maybe the most notable is the Square Greens. What's the idea there? Yeah, well, Lonsdale's really cool. Well, Square, golf obviously is in in nature, right? And so it's generally uh, fluid, like just natural kind of curves and stuff. But it's been in golf for a long time, some square edges. I mean, McDonald and Rainer used to do some stuff um, way, way back, that really kind of geometric architecture from a certain period. And it kind of caught on in a, a little bit. And so, I mean, the most common area is square tees. I mean, we've all kind of seen square tees. They're not that common in Australia, but in America, they're really common. Yeah. Um, where clubs, the whole course is just flowing like a normal course, but their tees are really formal and square. Riviera is one of those. Front of every green at Oakmont is dead square. And then the rest is like a normal green. It's got quite a lot of precedence in like historic architecture and interesting stuff to see these perfect, like the fairway come right up to the front and have this dead straight edge at the front. It's oddly kind of satisfying. Everyone seems to really enjoy it. And there's plenty of round edges too, but there's quite a lot of straight lines on the greens. Um, and I don't know, you'd have to wait till you see it, but I think it's really interesting. Usually people find it as I said, odd, but like, wow, I, I kind of I, enjoy this. It's yeah. kind of nice, yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough to have a look uh, early on and and I looked at it and I actually, I just brought me up short and I just went, I thought, wow, like it was a wow, it was a wow moment, which I think is what a, a course like Lonsdale should probably be. So we grew up playing there as, you know, sort of kids and certainly into our 20s, we'd go for holidays, you know, with our mates and play there. And so there's a real history to it. So how, how much should you try and preserve a golf club's memories when rebuilding it for the members? Like, do you, should you try and give them a, cause you know, like someone's going to go, Oh, this, the 10th hole was, whereas now the first holes all houses. So how much should, should be a, a walk down memory lane and how much should be a, just a totally reinvigorating new experience? I think that's really an individual call for each course. I mean, the the charter at Lonsdale was, yeah, there was they raised they raised and raising quite a lot of money by selling a little bit of land and buying a little bit of land up the other end um, to pay for a new clubhouse and a whole new thing. And it's yeah. going to be an unbelievable place. Yeah, it's amazing. It's already an unbelievable place. It's going to be incredible. Uh, the hidden gem. No one has a, no one who hasn't been down there has a sense of how nice it is right there, as you know. Um, so it's really up to the course and the, and the deal at Lonsdale was just, we want something really cool and really fun. And how do we make the best out of this new land and this new situation and be creative? Uh, and Ashley Mead is our man. Um, our business is me and Michael Cocking and Ashley Mead. And Ashley Mead's been the man on the ground mostly. It's been kind of his baby, Lonsdale. So the daily man there. And um, when you give a guy with this creative and talented like that, kind of a bit of a free reign to create something we want something fun and really unique. Um, I think sometimes you end up with something really cool and that's what's yeah. happened here. He's uh, it's a lot of template holes, which is templates really haven't been done a whole lot in Australia, but they're pretty common again in America where they um, copy some of the famous Scottish holes. We've all heard of talk about Redans and stuff and punch bowls and road and Eden. And these are all holes from St. Andrews and North Berwick and other places in Scotland. So this has a few kind of, uh, uh, template style holes which is McDonald and Rayner way way back they take their favourite holes and they just 
put that style of hole everywhere that sit. Um, and there's a few of those here, and on the and the scorecard's going to sort of say these are the these are the templates, and this is where they come from. This is the history of this style of hole and stuff. So it's going to have a lot of interesting stuff. Um, and it's very it's very unique whilst being kind of accessible and fun. I would say it'd be a it's it's not going to be an ultra difficult unless it's blowing, which it does most days. But yeah, yeah. Um, and there's going to be different ways to play it every day. It's quite wide. It should there's no real forced carries for anybody. So um, you can play a ground game a lot if you want. You can play it in the air. You can you go up the hill and you have some low ground. It's just a really um, it's turning out great and it's great to work with a club like that and with a guy like Ashley who's so talented to give the architects kind of. The, the architects sort of yeah. free reign at like making something really fun because it's usually kind of restricted under some rules. So it's been um the the, the end product I think is turning out really cool. And so and and nothing it, we've seen in Australia. We've never seen anything like it. And it's gonna be a, a like a highlight and make that part of Melbourne golf, you know, that much better and different. Cause you've got Barwin heads down there, Kalewis is just around the corner. Uh, 13th. So it's like it's becoming a real destination spot and and Lonsdale Links is going to be a big part of that i think yeah um the the mornington peninsula down here has obviously usually got all the talk about the golf with the nationals and uh st andrews beach and portsea and sorrento i mean that's kind of a bit more of a historic kind of golf peninsula here but the ballerine is catching up really yeah. fast um 13th has been a great addition down there bowen heads has always been there um torquay's pretty cool now um and lonsdale i i think it's going to be kind of maybe the one that gets them to go down there like and then they'll play the other ones as opposed to the other way around you know i think okay. that might be the the kind of carrot such a cool little place lonsdale as you know a lot of people have been through to torquay and bowen heads and those are areas but lonsdale's kind of a little bit out of your way and it's not on the main road so i think it gets people into lonsdale to see how beautiful it is there and how nice a little sort of spot it is and i think um the course will get people to to even more so start recognizing the ballerine as like a real destination. Yeah. And how are you, how are you, how is your transition from player to designer? Like, was it, I mean, you've done some great stuff and you've been involved in some great projects. So, I mean, I'm guessing it's exciting. It is. It's really enjoyable. I mean, the playing thing is still a moving target. I, I certainly didn't want to play 30 tournaments a year anymore yeah. um, with the kids. And I wanted to be at home a bit more than that sort of schedule demands. But, um, this year has kind of put a, at least a temporary hold on <laughs> going to America to play golf. Yeah, good. Um, and, who, and who knows when that's going to come back. So um, I'm absolutely open to play down the road, but I'm certainly um, more into like the golf courses and, all, and, and sort of helping sort of elite junior golf down here and sort of just getting in the mix. And yeah, the, the architecture is brilliant and just, having just waking up in the morning and not just worrying about how I'm going to hit it that day or how I'm putting it that day. Like having just a bit more sort of a broader focus has been kind of nice. So, um, and the architecture is absolutely the fun part to go to a place to see these, these things take a long time. And we were going to Lonsdale five, six, seven years ago, you know, um, to talk to members about this. And there was all sorts of stuff about, do we sell this land? Do we not? Do we let these guys do this to our place? And it's an yeah. amazing process from start to finish as you kind of, as the club decides they want to do it and then you kind of win their trust and then it's two or three years at the year of planning and then a couple of years of building. It's like, it's really, it's an amazing process to see a course get stripped down and then put back. Yeah. Um, 
and it's really exciting at this stage when you're really so close to the end. So it's just a fun thing to be in. I mean, I've always just loved the golf course as a part of golf. I, I feel like the golf course and where you play is as important to your enjoyment as any other aspect. Um, I yeah. think who you play with is obviously important too and how you play sometimes, but where you play, I think really makes a big difference to people. And I kind of recognized that early and I like to kind of, if I have an opportunity to help more people like golf by coming to our places, then better. I did I sort of follow you on Instagram. I saw you were bashing balls into a mattress in your, uh, <laughs> into your and I thought, is that in your garage or your? That was in the garage. The, the, uh, the car had to spend, um, all winter out in the drive, the driveway because I was hitting balls in the garage. Yeah, I was super excited at first when we got locked down and we couldn't play golf. Yeah, I had the track man set up and I had the whole setup. But then hitting in the net at some point when I didn't have anything to practice for or hit balls for or anything, it kind of got a little bit old. But I went down there a little bit. I had a little putting mat upstairs and I was putting and hitting balls in the garage. And, um, all good fun. Just keep the body moving a little bit. Um, and get any golf we could in while we were stuck in our house. That's right, because yeah, because Melbourne had no golf at all. So that was, which was obviously quite devastating. Hard to understand in so in New South Wales, going, oh, how could they not let them play golf? How could they not let them play golf? Yeah, it was a bit. It felt a bit strict and a bit weird, but it was winter down here, and it wasn't amazing yeah. weather. And it was, um, if you're gonna miss a lockdown in summer, would have been brutal. Mm. Um, the lockdown June, July, August in Melbourne, it's not like we weren't missing too much, you know. Um, it was a bit aggressive, but I mean, you can only take your hats off to the oh, yeah. that did down here. It was getting out of control and we all, none of us liked it, but we kind of all sort of knew it was the right thing to do and it, and it worked. I mean, thank goodness it worked and we're at zero for two or three weeks now. So, um, yeah, it was brutal, but we're back on track. Okay. I know it was a while ago, but the, um, the open this year with Bryson playing the same course that you won your open at. I mean, well, how did you feel watching it? Did you think it was brilliant or frightening or sad or? Oh, a bit of a run of emotions. I mean, I did a fair bit of uh, a few interviews and media mm. stuff leading up to it. So I kind of got to reminisce and tell the story a few times again, which was kind of fun. Um, yeah. And so did you yeah, like that? Was, like, did you, yeah, like, it was, it was nice to tell and to relive it? Yeah, and it kind of, as people are, uh, in your world of asking questions and the people do a bit of research and ask a few different questions. It made me recall stuff that I hadn't remember, hadn't remembered, you know? So that was kind of nice. Um, and watching it play there, it was a little disappointing because of the way the COVID whole thing situation turned out, I couldn't go. Um, I was pretty excited to try to get into the tournament. And then when I realized I couldn't go, then I just sort of had to watch it and sort of, <laughs> Did you, do you reminisce and, and sort of see how the course was playing? I mean, um, yeah. so do, you, do, you, Sorry, do you watch with a sense of going, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have hit it there. I would have, yeah, I would have putted it um, up there. Back in my day, we used to do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I remember certainly on holes where I remember bad spots I was and you see balls go there. It's like, oh, that guy's dead now. And, <laughs> um, it was an interesting tournament. It was very, I guess it was quite telling how different well, not how different, it's still the same game, but how much um, sort of the game at that top level has just changed a little bit, like more power. Obviously, Bryson's the um, poster child for that, and he's the extreme end of it. I mean, golf isn't that different than it was in 2006, but no one was approaching it like Bryson and hitting it anywhere near like that back then. So it was interesting to see that strategy work there. Um, I wasn't sure it would. 
but it did. I mean, hats off to him because the whole, all the way leading up, my prediction was whoever wins has a great short game. And I still think that's true. And all the talk was how far he hits it and his crazy strategy, but his short game was nuts um, right. to win that tournament by four or five shots. So the greens are just as crazy as Royal Melbourne. They're in a different way. They're really, really difficult. And he did that better than anyone in the field. So fair play. You know what I mean? He's, uh, it got focused on different areas, but he, yeah, incredible. It was fun to watch. Good memories and uh, the place still looks amazing. And I kind of can't wait to get back there and play it again. Have you got the trophy? Like, did you have, a, have the, a copy or something? I do, yeah. They give you the tro- the real one for a year. And then you get, uh, or you actually have the option to purchase a, um, a replica, which is like 90% the size. So it's not quite the same. So you give them back the right one. You know? Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's exact, yeah. So that's, um, it's actually in a box. I'm kind of renovating a house at the moment. So it's kind of in... It's somewhere in a box. <laughs> so, so, so in your Renos, do you go right? Uh, and we're going to put the, the the trophy here. And your wife's like, okay, champion. <laughs> like, have you got a spot set for it? This is from someone who's never won a trophy. You, you know, you have to understand that. So, I look at people who have won uh-huh. trophies and go, oh wow, what are you going to do with that? Well, maybe the centerpiece on the dining table. When yes. Friends come yes. Out <laughs> yes. It's a soup bowl or something. It's a ladle. Absolutely. And a- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, uh, what did you think of the um, the talk after the, the US Open of really moving to either make the ball bigger or limit drivers you know the faces like it really sort of kicked in after that didn't it again i mean had another spurt. yeah it's it's been winding up for him i mean nicholas was starting to say in the 80s that the ball was starting to go too far so there's and alice mckenzie wrote it in 1930 be careful the ball's gonna go too far so this is not a new thing um it's obviously there's been kind of a a combination of sports science and better athletes and equipment that you can have bigger sweet spots and balls that don't curve as much i mean there's so many factors in, in how why players are playing the way they are and just the whole track man measuring swing speeds and stuff has 
changed it. And and now these kids grow up. We grew up trying to hit the middle of the face and hoping we could sort of work it around the course. These kids grow up trying to hit it as far as they can. Yeah. So they kind of train that pattern from that's the first thing they train and then they learn how to hit it straight. Whereas we did it the other way around. And I think the byproduct of that is they actually swing it better. It's actually a really good way to learn how to play golf. Is to just try just to, to find bash the power it. first. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole lot of factors. Look, it's really interesting. I don't, I think snap decisions wouldn't be right. Um, the putter decision they got weirdly, it really did, really did nothing, right? Um, kind of the way they did it. And like, when you change rules, the game will just evolve a different way. Um, so I think it really has to be well thought out and thought out from every perspective. Because if you change the golf courses, the, when you play in America, the only thing after a while, re- recently, in the last 10 or 20 years, since I started target-proofing courses and getting longer and longer and softer, the only thing, when, you, when you, you're at home on Sunday night and you're like, how do I play better next week? How do I have a better score? It used to be, oh, I've got to putt better or Jesus, my, I can't turn my irons over anymore. I've got to work up my draw or whatever it is. Now it's, I've got to hit it further. That's the only thing anyone thinks about when they leave a tournament. So they go home and get the track man out or whatever, the flight scope, whatever they do, and they tee up their driver and they get their speed sticks and they just try to hit as hard as they can. So we're actively working on smashing it, whereas we never used to before. And that's only because of the courses they're presenting to us. Right. So, Do you do that as well? If, Are you also trying to hit it harder? I'm certainly not trying to hit it shorter. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in how hard I can hit it now than I used to be. Mm. Um, and if I was actively playing on tour every week, I would be hitting, try to actively trying to hit it quite a lot further. Um, it isn't the be all and end all. It's got more attention than it actually really should have, but it's, it's very broad. So if you, if you make the ball go shorter and continue to make courses longer and longer players and coaches and science is just going to find a way around it and keep trying to hit it far. I mean, I think if you did anything, you would start setting up golf courses where distance was less important. So people so would work on different act, different aspects of the game. I think the longer the course you make, the more important you make distance, the more people are going to find it um, would be my, and again, that's a side of the theory. There's a whole, there's a massive picture. I think everyone just has to be smart and have a conversation about it. And maybe let, if you can let golf evolve, if you can let golf evolve without changing rules, that would be the best way to do it. Somehow, okay. you know, so, just set ups and, so you look at, say, or look at Lonsdale Links or, you know, Peninsula Kingswood, so which is, I haven't played there, but I've got, I've heard some fantastic things about it. And it's hard and it's like hard and there are, you know, narrow slots into um, greens and you've got to think your way around. So is that the answer for the amateur golfer just to enjoy the thinking experience around a golf course and let the pros bash the shit out of your courses and that's just how it's going to be? Is that sort of the I mean, way... I think smashing it is fun and that's part of golf, but it's a part. It's not the part, you know, it's, it's like kicking for goal in the AFL. Like it's a part of the game and it's important. Like hitting it far is quite important and it's fun, mm. but it's the it's reason golf, fun. I think, it, I think the reason golf has endured for so long and it's got so sort of universally loved by different age groups and um, men and women and everybody is it's, it's a diverse game. There's so much different that it's, it's broader than just smashing it. You know, there's shape and ball flight and there's running the ball up and there's getting spin and there's like learning how to get it up and down out of a bunker. And there's like holding long putts and there's just being there with your mates. And 
having a beer afterwards and telling stories like it's just there's so much to it and so hitting it far is a great part of it but it's just seems seemingly at least at the top level become the only thing anyone wants to talk about um so the app yeah i mean for the average guy who doesn't really ever want to need to win the masters it just likes to enjoy playing golf sure hit, hit, try to hit it hard and all that but it's that's only a there's there's enjoyment all over the game in all different areas and that's just one of them yeah so maybe it's just part of the cycle of the game and the discussion around the game so now it's so for now it's going to be distance and then the next there'll be in whatever the next thing is of you know two-sided putters yeah two-sided <laughs> putters i mean or, you know like putting's always uh putting's always um experimented with yeah i mean who knows look i think golf course setup is the most important thing as i said if got if if you make distance the 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 pre-required the, the pre-requirement to actually being able to do well there then people are just going to work out how to do that um yeah but if you if you played at peninsula peninsula like you said or kingston heath or something and the two of the pj tour played around kingston heath every week for five years they wouldn't hit it like bryson anymore they'd be shaping and playing like ben hogan or something because that's what would work at that course yeah you know? that's the that's the game that would have the most success so um, I think course setup, I think, is really interesting. I think it makes more sense to stop watering um, courses quite as much as they do in America from an environmental situation. I think there's a lot of approaches. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's an interesting... Look, anything that gets people talking about golf is a good thing. So, okay, um, yeah, good. Hey, yeah. just finally, are you a tinkerer? Like, did you used to muck around with your clubs and, you know, bend stuff and weight stuff and... You know, like uh, wake up at three o'clock in the morning and going, I think I've got the answer. Like, are you that sort of golfer or are you like, say, Gowie, for instance, he just go, I know I've never changed a grip. I've never done anything. He just let someone else do everything um, for him. I kind of dabbled younger um, and I like trying around with stuff, but because we're so spoiled on tourists, like I'd go to Aaron Dill, the wedge guy from Vokey, I'm like, I want to feel this and he runs off and he does it, you know. Yeah. Or I want this. And, and so I, we had people to do that for me. So, and they would usually not let you get too crazy. Like they wouldn't let you glue wood to the back of the putter or something. So, um, yeah, it's uh, a little bit. And I think there is absolutely a part. Of, it's a very sound thinking to think there is actually some answers in equipment a little bit. I mean, maybe different from what people think, but there's that you can teach yourself about your game and help you swing by messing around with your equipment a little bit so but i've never got too nuts about it some guys are nutty i mean some guys like put their grips on three degrees one way and they'll, cool. they'll put one, one strip of lead tape under their grip or do some really weird stuff but um everyone on tour has got something a little bit different like they bend the club so they look more offset or less offset or they have um they drop a lot of us will drop they have this hot melt they'll drop a liquid kind of Malt and stuff into the inside your driver to change the sound of it and to change the way it flies. So, the stuff off the rack isn't the stuff that we use. So, there's a lot of interesting stuff we do, but usually the guy in the van's doing it for us. So, 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 just tell me what's that molten? So, you you take your shaft out and you drop something into the. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they call it they call it hot melt. So they'll they'll melt some stuff into the head, which can kind of change the center of gravity a little bit and put a little weight in the heel or up on the crown of the driver to make it sound different and all different sort of stuff to create different ball flights inside like the club that's already made, you know? Wow. Um, and these are all stuff that we have access to, um, to change weights without lead tape, basically on the inside, not the outside. Yeah. Um, I, I all really... that sort of stuff. Yeah. 
I really wish you hadn't told me that because so now I'm going to have to go and melt a sinker in the garage and pour that into my driver and see if, see if it works. Well, you can attempt that. I wouldn't attempt it with a brand new one. <laughs> Why? Hey, Jeff, um, really good to talk. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, and I'll look forward to seeing you playing again, you know, when, when it all opens up and because, you know, it is one of the great swings and yours is one of the great, um, one of the great stories in Australian golf. So a real pleasure. And also Lonsdale links. It is going to be something special, as you said, a real, a, a genuine tourist attraction for the Bellarine. So it's great. Thanks, Jeff. Awesome. No worries, Matt. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.